The following podcast is taken from a live broadcast on Inspire FM. Good morning and assalamu alaikum. You are tuned into Inspire FM 105.1 FM. It's uh, Friday 24th of January and the time is 10 o'clock. Welcome to Mother's Planet, a show where there is always something to talk about in a productive and beneficial way. I'm your host Neelam and joining me in the studio is my lovely guest Amaya. Good morning. Good morning Neelam. How are you? I'm all right, actually. I yeah, mean, you didn't have a good journey coming in. It was a bit of shock because the M1 um, slip road was closed, and I thought, oh, oh goodness, is the whole of the M1 going to be closed? Oh. I'm going to have to go around the houses. Yeah. But it was fine. Oh, um, you said, "Where well, there's a will, there's a way," and I certainly have lots of that. So yeah, <laughs> I found my way. That's good. That's good. Yes, yeah. I'm. The M1's really unpredictable. It's one of those things that you just go on there and you just have no idea what it's going to be like, especially with the. The weather, the hit and miss weather that we've had. I can't believe the weather. I mean, um, we had uh, quite a few frosty mornings. Yeah. And um, over the weekend, my kids, I let them I let them free in the garden. Oh, okay. <laughs> I let them go out in the garden and, and they were scraping the frost off the floor. My so son loves the so ice. I know. He's like, Mom, look, I look, know. look how big I found. I know. And we've got work going on in the garden at the moment. Oh. They're building a greenhouse. Oh, nice. They've had to dig loads of earth out. Oh. There's just a mud pit because oh, of all yeah. of the rain. Mm. Um, so they, they go out and they're up to their knees in it. Oh. Um, yeah, so I got a picture from my childminder of them in the bath um, at about half past four because oh. they'd been bathing in it by the sounds of it. Oh, wow. Oh, gosh, yes. I know. I was just going to say, <laughs> gardening at this time of year it's, it's it's quite a tough time to do it really. oh I'm not doing it we're paying someone yeah. to uh, put up the greenhouse and then uh, yeah then we'll start the gardening oh. just preparing you know preparing yes. the ground getting things ready oh that's nice so you'll be growing your own veg yes oh, yes lovely. hoping so oh. we all, we have done for a fair few years mm. but we're um, yeah hoping to be able to grow more veg for longer in the year yeah, to have say, more yeah. kind of organic, um, good, fresh yes. food. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Oh, I'll be coming to your house for dinners then. Oh, do. <laughs> I should have bought you some eggs. Oh, oh, oh next time chickens. I will. I'll definitely do yeah. so. Yeah. We, I've always thought about getting, but you, you live in the outer skirts of um, Luton, isn't it? So you're oh, in, no, in, so I'm over towards nice. Milton Keynes, actually. Yeah. Milton Keynes way. So. so it's quite nice. You can have... A lot of your own animals. I did. I did say to my husband, we need to find a remote area somewhere where we can. My daughter loves horse riding, and she mm. wants to get her own horse. And my um, uh, youngest likes cats, and he wants to get. And I said we could probably just have a little mini farm yeah. of our own. You yeah, know, and they could be outside, and I could probably. I'm not very. I'm not a pet friendly person mm. I, I try but I think me dealing with the kids is more than enough <laughs> you've got enough animals in your house already yes, I have enough little creatures in the house so I, I don't think I could uh, cope with another animal in the house so no that's not so uh, listeners uh, how's your week been how have you coped with the uh, bizarre weather where we've had frost and now we've got rain and my kids were quite optimistic that we'd get snow they said look mum oh. I told you it's gonna snow because we've got frost and it, it was quite icy on the roads when we were walking into school but it's rained so it's all gone so. yeah mine mine were hoping as well yeah, so I don't know but we have had snow later on in the year so I said to them don't don't give up maybe uh, there will be snow but 
I only want it for the day and then that's it. Yes, yes. And if the rain can come and wash it away as quickly as possible, possible. afterwards. Be yes. Brilliant. yes. Uh, listeners, we are live on air. We are reaching out to all our listeners in Luton and surrounding areas. We are also live on the Inspire FM webpage where you can connect through TuneIn and listen into the show. We're also live on the Facebook camera where you can and you must <laughs> like the show and also have the opportunity uh, to join in the discussion and share your views and thoughts on the show. Uh, you can also text. We are taking in text um, and WhatsApps. WhatsApps, I've just made a word up, WhatsApp messages on 0779-481-822. So you can share your thoughts and discussions again on the show with the texting in or sending a WhatsApp message in. Um, if you do miss the show today, we are repeated at nine o'clock tonight. So you can uh, hear the show on repeat at nine. Um, as always, just um, I do want to, uh, we've got so much to cover in today's show, but I do want to just quickly go through some headlines and uh, uh, get Amaya's thoughts on them. And then we will kick off with the show. Oh, you haven't pre-warned me on these ones then, <laughs> Nalem. <laughs> well, it's just, it's just some headlines which I think are, are relevant to, to the show and to listeners. Um, period poverty. So schools are urged to order free menstrual pro- products. So state schools and colleges in England can now order free period products for students as part of a government scheme to tackle period poverty. What's your thoughts on that? Well, my thoughts, my thoughts, I think that's fantastic. Mm. I think it's a very long time coming. Mm. I think it's ridiculous that we still have to pay VAT and that menstrual products are seen as a luxury item. That's Mm. how they're categorised. I mean, Mm. really, that's ridiculous. Um, It's, I'm kind of, oh, I'm just going to go get my nails done and buy my tampons. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. It's it's ridiculous. Um, I mean... It's, it's such a barrier to education for women worldwide, mm. um, period poverty. So I think mm. it's a really good step in the right direction. Mm. Hopefully it's not going to stop there. I think mm. we need a lot more normalising and education around mm. um, kind of the cycle that women go through. It should not just be women that are involved in it. Actually, yes. it's a very big part of um, kind of growing up, um, I think, men maybe need a bit more awareness of, right, of what yeah. the the other sex go through mm. um yeah i think it's, it's a, a, a really really good good step um and maybe a little bit more education as well around things like menstrual cups mm. because those um are reusable yeah that was one of the products that they were a, a, actually able to order as well so Brilliant. as well as sanitary towels and tampons um they were actually um encouraging um, ordering the menstrual cups as well, mm. so you know, educating uh, younger girls. I mean, I, I I I get shocked at how young some of the girls actually um, have their period. So, um, you know, when I heard schools, schools really yeah. do they need to stock up? But then I thought actually, yeah, because it's getting younger, they they you know they some of them are still eleven when they're at primary age. So, um, yeah, it it can actually happen, and you know they're none the wiser sometimes. They don't know what's going mm. on, and so it's quite nice that the school can support that side of things yeah. and it's not you know a pressure that the child has to come in with things and has to go out and buy stuff so if the yeah. school's got the facilities I thought it was a very good um initiative yeah it sounds really positive and I know some um universities have been doing that in advance have been giving mm. away free menstrual cups and oh, things wow. to help with obviously students are uh, pressured financially so mm. if you can 
kind of help, help in any yeah. way and also help our environment yes. as well because they're reusable so. yes 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 I know you're very good with that actually aren't oh you? I do yes. try yes. I try and get try and get that side in yes. as well <laughs> um and the next headline is immune discovery may treat all cancers scientists mm. state that a newly discovered part of our immune system could be harnessed to treat all cancers the Cardiff University team discovered a method of killing prostrate breast, lung and other cancers in a lab test. Professor Andrew Sewell told the BBC it raises the prospect of a one-size-fits-all cancer treatment, a single type of T-cell that could be capable of destroying many different types of cancers across the population. Well, I hadn't actually heard that one, yeah. so that one's really, really interesting. Yeah. That sounds amazing. I know, and and, and what I liked um, when the um, professor said that one-size-fits-all, it's not oh, you're going through this type of cancer, so we have to treat it this way. Mm. And it's actually, it's um, and it's something that's in our own immune system. So they're just actually multiplying that so yeah. that they can fight cancer. Yeah, and I think the difficulty mm-hmm. is, you know, there's, depending on the type of cancer mm. and um, also on the area that you're in, depends mm. on the medication that's available for mm. you. So um, there is medication available, but some people aren't getting it. Mm. Um so having this kind of more global approach mm. hopefully will make the um, mm. treatment more accessible to people. That's it. Well, that's that's pretty groundbreaking. I'll go home and uh, I'll go home and look that one up. Yeah, no, it was on the BBC News. So uh, listeners, you can actually go in, and there are a few um, example articles of um, what they have done in, to to research this and study on this further. So it is quite a good headline. And when I read that, I thought that's groundbreaking. Mm. That's really good stuff. So. Um, Yes, okay, so listeners, we are now entering the part of the show which I do want to introduce is uh, pre- and postnatal um, pregnancy, looking at depression, looking at the anxieties of the early stages of motherhood. And um, we're going to be looking at this uh, in a way of um, which Amaya will discuss in further depth because I know very little about it, but cognitive behaviour therapy said it right there yeah um, so how we can approach using that approach how we can actually deal with the the challenges that we face in the early part of motherhood um it's quite um an overwhelming experience when you've when you've found out that you're pregnant and then the you know you're excited but then all these questions flare up in your head and then when you've had your baby and then all these challenges face it that you didn't actually quite probably prepare mm. yourself for so yeah. um uh amaya is a familiar voice uh, to the radio because uh, amaya did come on the show um near christmas time uh, near december where we had um everyone from the total well-being team come along and they gave snippets of uh, their roles and what they did but um for those of you who are hearing amaya for the first time i'm going to ask amaya to please introduce herself to the listeners so that we can get to know a little bit about yourself Oh, with pleasure. Thank you, Neelam. So uh, I'm Amaya Whiteway. Um, I'm a trainee cognitive behavioural therapist. Um, so I'm in the second year of my training. But prior to that, I spent 10 years as a psychological well-being practitioner. So I've mm-hmm. been at the kind of coalface of mm-hmm. um, primary mental health care for quite a long time now. Um, and much as those are my kind of credentials for being here to talk about anxiety and depression, I think maybe the most important thing is that I'm a mother of mm. two 
uh, primary school children. Mm. Um, And I don't think anything can prepare you for the reality of Mm. what motherhood really is. Um, And that was what really sparked my interest in perinatal mental health, Mm -hmm. um, was being around other mums Mm. um, and recognising just how important um, support was for Mm. um, maintaining good well-being mentally and physically physically, yes so um uh, the importance of well-being i mean i i have had a um a couple of texts come through this morning um, Mm. from some very um lovely listeners who are tuned into the show um and uh the question i put out to the listeners was um when when you had your first baby or your second baby or your third child when anyone has a baby regardless of where it falls or Mm. what number a child it is you always face challenges with that child and that could be through um, self-pressure through family pressure through you know your friends are doing certain things that you're not doing and you think you know am I failing am I not am I not up to scratch so you question and put self-doubt into yourself about how you're bringing or raising this child and so I I asked the question to the listeners um what were the challenges that you faced as a new mother um when you had your child and uh, you know what did you do what steps did you take uh, to try and overcome this so we have um uh, a text come in from uh, um and uh, a sister who actually said um, she suffered with uh, postnatal depression and she said that the main reasons for that was lack of family support Mm. and um, she had a very traumatic birth. Um, She said that the, the ways that she dealt with it, which did take time for her, was to ensure she... With the help that was available for the first few weeks in her pregnancy, she was able to access that. So she said, um, ensure help um, in the first few weeks because that's the key time. It really, really is. And um, one of my kind of the things I want to talk about today Mm. is actually in the first few weeks of pregnancy, women are so vulnerable, you Mm. know, much Mm. as you can read um, lots of kind of information and Mm. talk to people about what to expect you can never anticipate quite what it entails you don't Mm. know what kind of birth you're going to have so you Mm. don't know how you're going to be physically Mm. you've got to then deal with um, the trials and tribulations of feeding and whatever form Mm. that may come Um, and so I think that my golden rule is to access services Mm. and make kind of networks before you have that baby Mm. so in pregnancy you go Mm. out you find out about the um maybe the the shore starts or children's centers that Mm. are there see whether you can pop along whether Mm. there's any bumps to babes groups Mm. that they run Mm. um connect with uh, maybe uh if you're wanting to breastfeed breastfeeding support groups Mm. um for example la leche league they very much in encourage mums to come along mm-hmm. and to engage at pregnancy so that mm. you know was, what to expect that? so that's um that's a worldwide organization okay. um so it's spelt l a and then another word l e c h e and then league and i know that there's one that's active in bedfordshire and luton mm-hmm. um or there's also ones further afield milton keynes northamptonshire mm-hmm. <coughs> nationwide and in in fact I I first came to La Leche League in Abu Dhabi so you know it's worldwide Um, and it's a 
organization run by volunteers who have a huge wealth of knowledge and experience in how to support mums mm-hmm. um, with establishing breastfeeding mm-hmm. and with the problems that may come with it. Mm-hmm. But I think it's important that mums have seen feeding mm-hmm. before, before their baby yeah. arrives, mm-hmm. have heard what is normal, what mm-hmm. to expect. Yes. Because when you suddenly have these changes happen to your body that come along with birthing your baby and you're then expected to try and deal with that and this new life and try and feed it, Mm. it's such a huge, steep learning curve Mm. that knowing where to find that expertise, Mm. knowing who to call if you've got problems, starting to build up your social network as well. Mm. Some people use um, NCT groups. Um, Some people find online support is Mm. helpful. Some people may find that they've got friends that are pregnant as well. Mm. Whether it be having um, an online Facebook page Mm. that you know, you can talk with people yeah. about what's going on, get mm. support, whether it be face-to-face, on the phone. Um, if you haven't got that supportive mm-hmm. family mm-hmm. network, mm-hmm. Um, it's really mm-hmm. important to not feel like you're on your own at such mm. a difficult, difficult time. Yeah. We had um, a Jane on last week, and, mm. and Jane came in, and um, we were talking about the maternity services and the uh, pre-care that we have um, available in Luton. And there are actually quite a lot of classes, um, bumps, uh, mums yeah. with bumps classes and mums-to-be classes. And she and she went through quite a few. So, it, listeners, if you are listening and you're interested in any of those classes, um, Flying Start was uh, the uh, point of contact. If you just contact them and um, they would signpost you to the right places. So there are classes. And, there, and as you say, um, it's important that in the pre-stages of before having this baby, you've built that network and you've built that friendship and you've got somebody to talk to that's going through the same motions as you are so it's quite nice to have um, that company and go out there and do that and I know that when I had my first um, there weren't many groups and there weren't many sessions and Mm. I relied on neighbours and it was just so that I was just fortunate that my neighbour opposite was expecting at the same time and we shared a journey together because she was opposite me and we could sort of talk to each other and then it was nice because when we had our child we both took them to the same play group and they grew up quite nicely so um, yes we, we had I had I was fortunate there but um, now when I hear of all the classes that are available I think it's amazing it's how fantastic. much has come on now and it's really important to get involved with with those things that said you know if you are struggling mm. um, you know we do have um, services available so mm. within t- total well-being mm. we will prioritize mm. ladies that maybe aren't having such a kind of excited and kind of mm. joyful um, relaxing journey mm. into motherhood you mm. know we make a point of prioritizing uh, prioritizing expectant mm. mums so um, people can self-refer and whether it be that you're feeling a little bit low yes. maybe you're feeling a little bit anxious about the pregnancy mm-hmm. maybe it's activated a lot of worries that you've had mm-hmm. or maybe other problems um, we notice that um, 
you can have kind of uh, OCD can often rear mm. its head mm. um, perinatally. And um, we had a, le- a question come in last week, and um, I, I didn't refer the listener to this week's show, but we had a question come in last week, and it was actually from um, a father's perspective, yeah. where um, he texted uh, a message in, and he and he's just said that um, what can men do in in this role because um, you know their wife is going through physical changes and the mood swings are mm. heightened, and uh, what what can they do is there any support or anything for men so is there anything out there for well men? we will also prioritize um the partners mm-hmm. of pregnant women mm-hmm. and women that have had a baby so oh, okay. um for 12 months afterwards we will prioritize um the mental health care services that we offer so that could be that people decide to pop along to a group to mm-hmm. help them maybe handle some um, low mood that they've been experiencing mm-hmm. or to help them manage some stress mm-hmm. or to help them learn how to manage their anxieties maybe around new fatherhood mm-hmm. and they don't want to put it onto their partner mm-hmm. um, it may be that they haven't got time to do that that maybe mm-hmm. some online self-help would be really helped yeah, okay. so we can sign them up to yeah. a program that they can access on their phone via an app wow. to help them manage some of those worries or those mm. anxious thoughts or it might be that maybe we arrange for them to have some um, self-help over the phone mm-hmm. um, that's appropriate so mm-hmm. we try and make things as accessible as possible um, that's obviously in in our service mm. however men are notoriously bad at talking to each other aren't they and um, yes. actually actually reaching out out for support so mm. I guess if it's the fathers that are needing support then mm. you know professionally we can offer that but maybe starting a conversation um, with some with workmates yeah. um, about um, what it's been like for them to to become fathers, fathers yes. but part of your question was about um, what fathers can do to support mm. their partners was mm. that right Nina? yes yes correct yes um, and was this during pregnancy? Um, well, yes, during pre- I think more so during pregnancy and I think after pregnancy. Mm. Um, uh, there's another um, lady that messaged in and I will share that one before. If we talk about the before bit and I'll find that message and okay. then we'll go into the how, what, what can they do for after because I think that's where they get a bit lost really and uh, they are completely helpless because we as women uh, like to think that we have full control and we can do things and we tend to sort of shut them out, I think. Mm. So um, it'd be interesting to hear what we can do to try and get them involved in that. But I think the key was uh, that the, the the text that came in last week was um, to ask how they can support through the pregnancy because the woman is going through all the physical yeah. changes, the sickness, the tiredness, the growing mm. and changing in size, the in, not sleeping, sleeping yeah. too much. So all of, And there's nothing that they can do to aid or even understand those changes that the woman's going through. And I would say um, a lot of mums will maybe read up or use an app. I Mm. know there's things like Baby Centre, I think, Mm. to know what's going on Mm. um, during kind of the pregnancy. I remember uh, reading something like, your baby is now the size of an avocado. Mm. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But I guess maybe that's the first step is to actually find out what's going on for Mm. her Mm. you know at what stage of pregnancy is she and what is going on in her body Mm. and what's to be expected so Mm. you know within those first 12 weeks we know you can be really tired you can Mm. feel really awful and like it's never going to end this kind of perpetual sickness so 
doing things around the house so that she doesn't feel like you know she has to maybe juggle all the all the household tasks Mm. if they've got another child make sure that you know she can rest Mm. take the other child out Mm. so that there's less pressure there Mm. doing things like um making food mm. often the last thing you want to do when you feel like you're about to throw up is mm. cook dinner yes. um and i know this is kind of stereotyping that women would be the p- people in the house yeah. but you know even sh- if she's going out to work yeah. um and not necessarily having the burden of most of the household tasks mm. um making sure that that dinner and shopping are mm. there so i mm. guess it's practical things isn't mm. it so that she can rest more yes yes um, I don't know what any other tips that you well, would I think, say um, communi- from your point of from view. From my my um, experience, I think um, a communication. But yeah. I really like um, your suggestion of actually um, because I know as women, and and I know in all my pregnancies, I I used to go on to these sites and the NHS and see, okay, I'm, I'm week twelve now. How what's going on? Mm. You know, even though you know what's physically going on in your body, you're finding you're tired and all these things. That, but I wanted to actually read up what's going to happen in the weeks after. So it's quite nice to actually um forward that to the husband and say or partner and say that you know this is this is the changes and these are the things to expect so you know when I snap at you this is why so you know and they and they're aware of it that because obviously the mood swings heighten and we're very frustrated because it's lack of sleep or lack of being able to do anything so I think um the suggestion of the husband's taking the time out or partner's taking the time out and reading um what's going to be happening week by week and maybe prepping the their wives or partners to say oh you know next week is week 14 and this is what you're going to be Ooh. feeling you know and if wow that's if very proactive isn't it head, yes that could be that would be quite nice um thing to do but, but um i think you're you're right yeah. in terms of um the communication mm. and maybe just being there to listen be a mm. sounding board don't try and kind of fix it yes um often that's kind of what what partners want to do but yeah, yeah being there to support and listen yeah. I think listening and and not uh suggesting this yeah. is what you should do because uh, you might get your head bitten off yeah <laughs> something thrown at you <laughs> <Yes>. so uh <laughs> do be warned uh but listen believe it or not we've actually uh, come to the first half of the show has actually come to an end so after the uh, uh break we will be continuing and we're going to be looking at postnatal then and uh the suggestions and the uh things that we have out there I did want to mention the cognitive behavior therapy so we'll go into detail with that so that's after the break uh please do text in your thoughts and uh, views on the show but for now go refill your cups of tea or coffee and rejoin us after the break you're listening to an inspire fm podcast making available our popular programs from our daily broadcast on inspire fm Good morning and assalamualaikum. Uh, Brother Tarek's looking at me like, what just happened there? I don't like this uh, wireless mouse. It doesn't like me very much. I couldn't find the 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 cursor, but I'm here. Listeners, sorry about that. Uh, a little hitch there. We are here. We are live on air. This is not a repeat. Uh, it's Friday 24th of January and the time is 10.30. Uh, you are listening to Mother's Planet and uh, my guest Amaya is with us today. Oh, good morning. Good morning, Neelam. We are live. I, I can't believe I had that little hitch there, so I've moved the cursor away. Don't we're like human, we're human. I think that's something that we really need to remember, remember is forgiveness of ourselves. That's it, that's true. So uh, Amaya and I have actually been talking about um, 
pre and postnatal uh, depression, anxiety, and uh, the early difficulties and challenges that we have as mothers when we've had our newborns. Mm. Um, we've looked at ways and suggested tips of what you can do uh, pre pregnancy, pre uh, baby, uh, whereas uh, group getting, getting in touch with groups, finding out uh, networking, and uh, making that group uh, before the baby's here so that you have somebody that you can turn to and who's in the same boat as yourself literally yeah. so you've got some advice and you can share some ideas and gain some ideas but you're all going through the same boat there we had a text come in um earlier on in the show where i had put um out before the show to listeners um any difficulties or challenges they faced in the first early days of motherhood now i wanted to read this one out so that we can just um go around it because I think this is a very common text when I heard this message I thought this is actually very common but when you're going through it you don't realize that it is so we have um, a lady here who was quite new to the area and uh, she had her mum come and stay with her for a couple of days and then her mum had to go back to uh, Birmingham and after her mum left she was totally distraught cried so much and was really overwhelmed with this newborn baby she didn't have a clue what she uh, what to do what to say um and uh she was actually sh sort of pushing her husband away because she didn't really know what to do and she said she became very closed off and i wanted to do absolutely um everything for her little one and she didn't want to accept help from anybody either so her oh. life was all around this baby and she just wanted to do um everything for this baby but in the process she was suffering from um fatigue and anxiety and she needed a break um can I just jump yes, in there? Because actually, it, yeah. you know, I think we need to recognize how common this is. Mm. Up to one in five women mm. and one in 10 men wow. will experience a mental health issue mm. um, either um, during the pregnancy mm. or um, a year, up to a year mm. after. Wow. So her story, unfortunately, isn't something that's uncommon. Mm. Yeah. Um, but I guess you said she was wanting to do everything for this baby, mm. couldn't let her husband do anything. And I think mm. we can all identify with that mm. um, and feeling like you're maybe the only one that can do it right. Mm. Mm. Um, and although, you know, you really do need to trust those kind of instincts and, and listen to, mm. to your baby and that, that initial bonding is really important. I think we have a lot of pressure to have family come and visit or mm. to go and take the baby to see people and actually in those early days mm -hmm. maybe just taking the time to get to know your baby to mm. kind of get your head around what happens mm. and and those mood swings within the first few days completely normal mood mm. swings um those ups and downs just allowing yourself to kind of ride out the storm mm. um and not put pressure on yourself mm. and i think um, as women, we're, we're quite, as you know, as I've said so many times in the shows before and everything, we, we're really hard on ourselves. We mm. put this, um, we raise the bar when it comes to doing something. We're like, well, we have to attain that level. And I think when you're doing something new for the first time, you have to lower the bar and you have to stop and think to yourself can I realistically do this and a lot of the time and it, a lot of the time it can be cultural and a lot of time it could be because of just general traditions in families of this is the way we brought our child up yeah. so you must do the same I did but it with did, you yeah. you and, know and I did it this it, yeah. way you should do it this way mm. I know best yes 
and that can be really hard. And how many hard. children have I had, and how many have you got? So it's those those questions and those yeah. when you hear that as a new mum, you think, oh yeah, well you are a bit more experienced, and okay, yes, you have gone down this road before, you know, and and I think that's that's the pressure we put ourselves in thinking that these people have more experience but every child is different yeah and you start to doubt yourself Mm. um and i think it's important to remember that when you become a parent you don't get this manual on how to (laughs) how (laughs) to to deal with this this. child and whilst it's a tiny baby and yes it can be a very joyful time Mm. it's also as you said, a really, really steep learning curve and can be really, really stressful juggling um, everything that needs to be done. And it's, mm. it's, it's quite amazing how this, this small being can just turn your world upside down. And whilst, let's hope for, for many people, it, it is um, a wanted child, mm. even when it's a wanted child, a much kind of mm. loved and longed for child, it can still cause a lot of anxiety, mm. a lot of um, doubt, self-doubt, mm. um, and those are really difficult emotions to deal with. To deal with, yes. Um, so um, I mentioned earlier um, cognitive behaviour therapy. Yes. Now, I know this is something that um, everyone's keen to find out a bit more about. So how does, this, so it's abbreviated as CBT. Yes. So how, how does this work? So I, I really like CBT. I kind mm-hmm. of explain it as quite a, a common sense therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, it does exactly what it says on the tin. Mm-hmm. The C bit, the cognitive bit, is all about our thoughts. Mm-hmm. And what we found is that the kind of thoughts that we have Mm -hmm. affect how we feel. Mm -hmm. So if we start to think about how maybe we're not good enough, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm I'm not a good enough Mm mum, well, then that's going to affect how we're going to feel. Mm -hmm. We're going to feel deflated. We're going to feel low. um, We might feel kind of demoralized, demotivated. Mm -hmm. If we start to compare ourselves to Mm -hmm. other people or Mm -hmm. um, think about those expectations, that Mm -hmm. may make us feel quite anxious. Mm -hmm. So um, I should be doing it this way. Mm -hmm. So putting those um, kind of rules and expectations on us can can mean that we have some thoughts that maybe mean that we feel low, we feel anxious. So the, mm. the cognitive bit is all about our thinking. Okay. okay. Um, the behaviour is what we do, mm. um, simply. So mm. we know that what we do mm-hmm. changes how we feel. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we harness that to try and look at kind of the things that people do and see, actually, you know, if we sit in the house all day trying to do the washing and trying to clean the house Mm. in between managing the baby Mm. on our own that actually that's really not very good for Mm. our mood if we can manage just to get ourselves out and I think we talked about this before walking around the block Mm. um, out or maybe get ourselves to see a friend or have Mm. someone come and see us Mm -hmm. actually that's going to change how we're feeling Mm. Um, and so we know that the way that we think about things affects how we feel, not just emotionally, but also physically. Mm-hmm. And we know that things we do affect how we feel mm-hmm. emotionally and physically, and also the way that we, we think. So it's mm-hmm. those, those four things that are the basis of cognitive behavioral therapy, mm-hmm. our thoughts, our behaviors, our feelings, and our emotions. Mm-hmm. And it's trying to look at things in kind of a problem-solving way, you know. Okay. What is the difficulty that we're facing here? Mm-hmm. And what are the things that we can try and do to help you um, learn to manage mm-hmm. 
that problem. So it's a lot about teaching people skills. Okay. Um, so it's not about coming in and fixing things for people. It's mm-hmm. kind of saying, okay, well, what about if we um, maybe started to be a little bit more assertive with mm. our family and mm. rather than saying, yes, everybody, you can come over um, and, and have dinner and putting mm. extra pressure on ourselves, if we said actually... Um, no, I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to, mm. n- I'm not going to do that. Or mm. it might be um, that maybe in, instead of trying to do everything perfectly, that we ask for help or mm. we accept offers of help. Mm. Um, and I think that's something that lots of mums feel like they can't do. That's a, mm. that's them failing if they need to. I was just going to say that, to, that whenever a, a new mum feels that she's reaching out for help often they feel that it's um a sign of failure Mm. or or i haven't i've not been able to do something so i've and and that can be quite deflating as well when you do reach out for help because you think okay i've failed in this aspect but i think it's really important um that you don't see it that way because um i had a friend who um who had a baby and she her her uh, side of the family didn't actually believe in postnatal depression. They thought it's it's impossible. It's just it's just not one of those things. And and she said said she suffered very badly when she had her first. And she she was overwhelmed by it. She was overwhelmed by family suggestions. And it's only her health visitor that actually said, I think you are suffering with um, postnatal depression and we need to address this. Oh, well done for and that health visitor. Well, this is it. And and as soon as the health visitor said that, her her family sort of took a step back and said, maybe there is something wrong and we haven't actually been very supportive and we haven't actually... And then things, she said things just took off from there and it was much better for her. Mm. They, they actually helped her out. It wasn't, you should be doing it this way, you're not doing it right. It was actually, here we go, we'll take the baby, we'll change the baby's nappy. And it wasn't suggesting things to her, it was actually, we'll do that for you, don't mm. worry. If you want to have 10, you know, 10 minutes to sit down or just a little nap, do so, yeah. we'll change the nappy. And um, she said it, it got, but it was only because it was picked up by the health visitor. So it's very important that we have that communication with the, the people that are coming out to see us and we yeah. don't feel that if we uh, and I think Jane mentioned this last week as well that when she had the health visitors come out to see her baby and she said her as a midwife she felt like she had to say yep my baby's doing really well and you know it's just this image that we set ourselves yeah, up yeah we and I've, I've heard it time and time again um I've got to go home and tidy the house because the health visitor's coming Mm. And actually, you know, that mm. pressure in itself, yeah. um, you know, is, is really, really yes. unhelpful. Yeah. Um, but I'm just trying to think, you, you said something there about um, taking the baby for maybe 10 minutes. Mm. And that's something that can be a really, really big help. Mm. Even if you're feeding very regularly, mm. there's often so many people that would like to have a baby cuddle for a little yes. while. Or lean on your partner or a friend mm. or a family member mm. to either take the baby out for a walk in the mm. buggy or in a sling. Mm. Often a baby that's just been fed will go for a little sleep. Mm. And mum, even if she just wants a bath yeah. or wants to have a nap yeah. or just have five Time minutes yes. on her own, mm. um, that's really important. But I think also... Moving forward, as baby gets older, um, we can lose ourselves mm-hmm. in the identity as mum. Mm-hmm. And 
trying to keep something of ourselves mm-hmm. um, is really, really important. I know mm-hmm. you had your real radio show that you mm-hmm. you felt was actually for, for yes, you. Yes, this is it. I mean, I, and that's what I was just going to say, that doing something for yourself where you feel that... And this and my radio show was that for me. You know, it's something that I, I felt that... Um, I'm doing for me and I'm taking that time out. So they're, they're, you know, finding that something Mm. that you're doing for yourself. And whether it is just going and getting a facial done for 10 minutes or having the hairdresser wash your hair for you, you know, something as simple as that, just going out and taking that time out for yourself. And I think it's very important. Um, And um, the the lady that texted in about... um, finding it very um, overwhelming as a first time mother she was she wanted to do everything herself and 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 I'm guilty of that because I remember when I had my first um I felt like I've come from a family where there's been children and my husband hasn't so he doesn't know anything about it so I shut him out and I um and it was only until my daughter was about three months that I thought I need him to take her because I just want to go to the bathroom and just know that I'm not I used to have her and her bouncer by the door while I was in the bath. And that was just so that I could see that she was okay. And, and I couldn't put her down in the cot um, because I just thought I need to know that she's okay. So, uh, you know, and my and my showers from going from 20 minutes were down to like 10 minutes or five minutes. And it was just, you know, and I thought I can't do this to myself. So and that's a really, really interesting example, Neelam, mm. if you had been saying that actually, you know, I'm really struggling with these anxious thoughts. I mm. have to know that she's okay everywhere. I have yeah. to put her next to me. Actually looking at, okay, what are the things that you can do so Mm. that you can start to take a little bit of time for yourself? Mm. Let's address some of those thoughts that Mm. actually, you know, if I can't see her, she's not okay. Yes. Um, Let's see, how true are those thoughts? Or maybe am I just kind of being a bit catastrophic? Or, you know, maybe am I... um, just kind of being a bit over anxious mm. with those kinds of thoughts it's, yes and that's true because when she was down in her cot she was down in her cot and my husband would put her down in the cot and I'd always say you know why can't you just hold on to her but he would prove to me that look she can go down in the cot mm. and she's fine here and 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 this is the important thing and and the lady did say that um uh, tiredness and exhaustion can bring on uh, depression and anxiety so it's very important that we do let others in especially our partners and uh, seek for help there the other one I did want to mention um, can very I jump quickly. in yes, a second sorry, you yes, know definitely. you've just mentioned their tiredness and exhaustion sure. yeah I mean I think it's really important for us to recognize some of these mm-hmm. red flags mm-hmm. um, there are particular risk factors if we've um, experienced depression maybe before or anxiety before often it can rear its head at times of extreme stress so yes feeling really really tired can Mm. be um, one that we need to notice for but there are there are other things you know if a mum is maybe um, very young or a single parent you've obviously got less support whether it be financial or practical Um, if there are situations where maybe there's been um, domestic upset or domestic abuse again Mm. that's a risk factor for mum's mental health issues Mm. and another one um, that has been flagged is an unsuccessful breastfeeding attempt Mm. and I think we need to recognize that there's so much pressure to Mm. breastfeed Um, and we all know yes it it does a fantastic um, job of um, uh, nourishing a baby Um, however through whatever um, problems whether it be lack of support Mm. um, or any physical issues some mums 
who really, really want to breastfeed don't manage to um, continue their breastfeeding journey. Mm-hmm. And that can lead to huge um, kind of feelings of failure. Yeah, yeah, um, let down. Yeah. Mm. So those are just a few risk factors that Mm. maybe people can be aware of, Mm. um, family can be aware of, Mm. or mums can be aware of. Mm. Thank you. Yes, it's true. I mean, I I think the the huge one is the pressures that we feel of doing certain things. And breastfeeding is one of them. And, you know, as you say, it's one of the best things we can offer our child. But if it's not for you, and it's something that you are not able to do, don't be hard on yourself. Don't beat yourself mm. up about it. It's something that, you know, there are there are alternatives out there in the market. So you, you will have to rely on them. There's other ways of bonding with your child. Yes, and I mean... Um there are different ways of bottle feeding. You can do paste bottle feeding. Mm-hmm. You can um, uh, ensure that you're having eye contact mm. and that you're holding your child at mm. that point in time. Um, and with paste bottle feeding, you're very much kind of responding in, in a, a similar way to breastfeeding in terms of the um, how much the child mm. wants to, to feed at that particular time mm. rather than a prescribed amount. Mm. Um, and it, it can be... Um, a bit of a, a change to what's kind of the, the normal expected way of bottle mm. feeding, but that's something maybe to look into. Um, and I know that um, I've had friends who have been unsuccessful with um, breastfeeding, and what she did was that she said, well, actually, no, no one else is going to feed my baby. Mm. Although I haven't been able to breastfeed, I'm still going to be the only one that will feed my baby. Mm. And for her, that was really, really important. Mm. On the other hand, it may be that um, being able to share some of that responsibility and allow someone else to to feed the baby Mm. may give you a little bit of relief. Or it may Mm. be that even if you are breastfeeding, you're able to express. express. I was just going to suggest that, yeah. Because then it brings the partner or the husband Mm. and they can then have that, connection with the child as well so yeah. it's not just mommy solely doing that so um that said you'll have to you, some children some children will some children won't mm-hmm. my daughter certainly would would uh, have nothing less than oh. than the breast whereas mm-hmm. my son was was perfectly happy and would often prefer to have expressed milk from yeah. a bottle because it's easier for him to mm-hmm. do i remember when he um i think he was uh, had some um, mouth soreness. I think he was um, teething. And actually what he seemed to prefer was uh, the express milk straight from the fridge because it was was really nice in his mouth. Didn't want it warm, didn't want it from mum. Oh, that's good, isn't it? At that age, it picked up on how. I know, how I know. It. I'll have it on ice, please, Mum. <laughs> <laughs> He's quite a smart boy. Um, so we are cutting short on time. So I did want to just get through some um, tips and suggestions because the importance of post baby is eating, exercise, all the all the things that we sort of take for granted. Which again, pour, mm. pile more pressure on, isn't it? I I should be eating this, but mm. actually, I'm really really tired, and I just want to reach for a biscuit Mm. (laughs) I should be getting fit get back to my pre-baby body but I'm really just exhausted and I just want to sleep so yeah I there are a few a few tips I think we'll kind of recap a few so the first one that I had was the building of support networks and Mm. we've talked a little bit about that um the practicing and accepting help mm. before baby arrives mm. and after when mm. when baby is actually here, be it food, 
mm. you know, taking baby for yeah. a walk, you know, mm. filling your freezer, whatever form it comes in. Mm. And don't feel guilty for doing it. This mm. is something that will help you to look after your baby. So thinking about things in a way that is not that I'm failing, but actually this is helping me to maintain my well-being mm. so that I can be the best mum that I can be. Mm. This is helping me to balance things well mm. so that I can actually be a good role model that it's okay to ask other people mm-hmm. for help so mm. these are the kinds of thoughts that are actually more helpful when Positive, we're yeah. um, thinking about how we can accept help um, sleep oh, unfortunately I don't have a magic magic wand but I I think that old um, adage in terms of sleep when baby sleeps is is really important mm. um it might be that you take it in turns with a partner that mm. partner stays up with the baby while you get a good few hours before mm. baby goes to sleep and mm. that you swap round mm. if you can maybe being in separate rooms and taking different shifts mm. and maybe partner bringing baby in when baby needs to feed if mm. baby's being breastfed um so I mean, there's 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 no quick answer to that one, but I think mm. we mentioned about the um, cots that can be on the side of the, the bed, the co-sleeping yeah. cots. Mm. Those can really help. Um, we've talked a little bit about um, feeding. Um, I think I want to just add this one in. Um, with the pressures of breastfeeding, my my stepmom said to me, "I was once given the best advice ever, which was." Be a cow. <laughs> so in the early days, just eat and produce milk mm. if that's what you're wanting to do, if you're wanting to, to do that. Because remembering that this is um, a skill mm. and it's not something that you've done before. It's mm. something that's very new. And developing new skills is often quite difficult. difficult. We can't expect it mm. to happen um, happen well straight away but that if there are problems to make sure that you are reaching out to those mm. um uh Challenging. those support groups mm. if you do wish to bottle feed then you know do so do so and mm. feel that that's a choice that you can make mm. um however it is that you you want to feed your baby is is mm. up to you and the tip about exercise because i'm just conscious yeah. of time so uh, that one that you said that you did and i think that's a really good one so um so I'm... exercising yeah mm-hmm. so um exercising in whatever form it may be um i used to find it helpful to go to the pool um mm-hmm. to one of the the baby groups i would get some exercise baby would get tired we'd both get a wash mm. and then hopefully when we got home we'd both have a bit of a sleep yeah. and that's fantastic um and one that i just wanted to add um uh if you've had a difficult birth um it's very important that you relay this back to the hospital yeah and there are many um uh the the lady that texted in earlier about saying that she had a difficult birth actually said that the hospital takes notes down on everything yeah. so they can relay that back with you and go through the what happened so what you can have a debrief so yeah. you can have a debrief that's the word and uh, and that's very important because that puts your mind at rest and you can let that part of your 
oh, that was a, a horrible experience, but I've, I understood why it happened and how it happened, and this is how it was dealt with. So, right, let's close that chapter. But talking to on. other mums as well about mm. that, um, whether it be an, a, a vaginal birth or whether it be a C-section, yeah. you know, it can feel very invasive, especially mm. if birth didn't go how you wanted it to. Mm. Um, and again, it's that expectations, isn't it? Mm. So sharing those experiences, yes. getting kind of normalisation, I think is really important. Uh, so, Amaya, um, how does anyone get in touch if they wanted to get in touch? Is there a contact? Yes, so you can call us on 0300 555 or And I haven't got the... Um, the website details but, we but will you put those on, on the, the on the facebook page because yes. i wouldn't want to get those wrong so listeners i can add that all onto the facebook page of the show today uh, just a couple of events we've got authors and illustrators fair at the luton central library tomorrow at um, 11 to 2 p.m and we've also got gorkney masjid doing disability day at the mosque on sunday and that's from 10 to 12 um, uh, as usual, I'd like to thank you for my show, but my uh, quote of the day, beauty begins the moment you decide to be yourself. Oh. Jumma Mubarak and assalamu alaikum.